Today, I want to talk about explosive blessings. Really an expansion on to what we talked about last week on uh, Yes, You Can. And uh, last week, we talked about Yes, You Can, that the importance, though, on Yes, You Can is that we have to take time to visualize the desired outcome that God has placed in our hearts. So God has a promised land for each and every one of us, just like he did uh, back in the days of Israel, that there was a promised land that they would go into. God has a promised land for each and every one of us in our marriages, our families, our careers, our finances, that he really believes that we can, but we can't do it without him. That we can do all things through Christ, the anointed one, and his anointing who strengthens us. So we may not be able to do the impossible, but with him it becomes possible. Because with God, all things are possible. So today I want to expand on that because what the Lord has been putting on my heart for the last couple of weeks is that it's time to really start seeing him as a God who not only can and is uh, wanting to, but that he already has done for us. That there is explosive blessings for each and every one of us. But this is where we're going to have to take time to not only visualize seeing our desired outcome, doing the impossible, and the impossible becoming possible, but God wants you to take the limits off of that even, and to see the exceedingly, Ephesians 3.20 says, the exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can even ask or think according to the power that's working in each and every one of us. So God has what is above all that you can even ask or think. So what God wants you to do is not only to imagine the impossible becoming possible, but he wants you to take the limits off of that and allow for his surplus, his explosive blessings to thrust you to another level in life. This is where we're going to take the limits off of our thinking because sometimes people think that they're stuck in a rut. Maybe it's a fixed income that they feel is permanent. You know, they're living on Social Security. Uh, They might have a health condition that seems to just be ever-present and just ever-permanent. It might be, uh, it could be a broken marriage or a son or daughter, a family member that has gone astray. Uh, It could be uh, multiple things that just seem permanent. And naturally speaking, it may very well be permanent, with studies and statistics and and so on like that, based upon the facts. But here's the truth, the Word of God. The Word of God is the highest form of reality that exists. The truth, everything else may be a fact, but the truth always trumps facts. All God is looking for is for us to keep doing what he's asked us to do. In 2 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 30, God reminds us that when we honor him, He's going to, what? Honor us. What God is looking for is for us to just do our part and focus on honoring him, and he will honor us. And as you may be in a situation similar to like Joseph, who was tucked away in the dungeon in the Old Testament, as we remember in the book of Genesis, Joseph was tucked away for year after year after year, and it looked like a permanent condition. It looked like no way getting out. But in one day, God took Joseph From the dungeon to leading the nation. God has explosive blessings for each and every one of us. We just have to keep doing our part, honoring God. That's all he's asking us to do is focus on doing our part. And as long as we honor him, he will honor us in due season. 
God reminds us in Jeremiah 29, verse 11, that he's got a good plan for us, that his thoughts are good towards us, not evil, to give us a hope and a future. God has a bright future for every single one of us. What he wants us to remember is that he's a good, good, good father. I think about a teacher and a police officer that were married and uh, they had a daughter, a situation. They were very honoring people. They love the Lord. They honor God with their tithes and offerings. They bless the Lord. They remain faithful, serving in the church. And a friend of ours, where the church that they attended, shared with us that they had a daughter that had to go through some extensive surgeries. This daughter's insurance, unfortunately, did not cover the extensive surgeries, and the bills accumulated to over $400,000. Well, this police officer and his wife thought, well, surely they're going to end up having to pay this for the rest of their life based upon the income that they had. So they just started doing their part, paying the bills and doing what they could naturally. But one day, two years later, the hospital called and said, we're going to cancel your debt. In fact, we're not only going to cancel your debt, but we're going to refund you for the last two years of paying this bill. That's called explosive blessing. What you can't do naturally, God can do supernaturally. As long as we keep doing what we can do naturally, God will add his super to our natural and make it supernatural. It's good to keep doing our part, keep honoring God, paying our bills, working, planting, watering the seeds of kindness and praying, taking care of the gardens and life, you could say, that God has given us. But God wants us to raise our expectations because one blast from God can thrust you and your family, your marriages, your relationships to a whole new level. And that's what God has on his heart today is for his body to believe that he is able and he's not just able, but he's also willing and he's not just willing, he has already done it for you and I. Colossians reminds us, I believe it's Colossians chapter 1 verse 12, as well as Colossians chapter 3 verse 24, that God has given you and I an inheritance through Christ Jesus. Yes, that means eternal salvation, but anything that you need for an inheritance here on earth. Salvation doesn't mean just being saved from your sins, even though the context of what most Christians believe it is, is for salvation for eternity, which it is. It includes that. But that word salvation in the Bible, in the Greek, multiple times refers to whatever you need to be saved from. God has given you and I an inheritance that it belongs to you and I. So the scripture says that the earth and the fullness belongs to the Lord. You and I belong to the Lord, and therefore that belongs to us because we're one with God. I love the story of a friend of ours that was sharing this with us. He's got a man that in his church one day came up to him. He's a pastor of a a well-known, respected church. He had a man that was a member. He was a faithful congregant, just doing, you know, the faithful things as a congregant does, and just a really nice, super nice guy. Uh, But one day he came up to his pastor and handed him a check, and it was a very, very, very large check. And he said, this is my tithe. The pastor was kind of taken back by it. And he said, well, tell me your story. What happened? And he said, I just received an inheritance from a relative that I did not even know was my relative. And that inheritance put him so far ahead that it not only allowed him to pay off his own mortgage, but he ended up paying off several other people's mortgages as well and left them in his, in his family a large enough gift after paying off their mortgage and other people's mortgages to help them go to a whole new level of living. Now, you're probably thinking, I want some relatives like that in my family. 
Well, that's where we need to stop and think, wait a minute, we do have one in our family, and his name is Jesus. And he's given us the earth and the fullness. It belongs to you and I in the Lord. In Isaiah chapter 45, verse 3, God says, I will give you the hidden treasures, riches stored in secret places so that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who summons you by name. I believe there are still many untapped ideas in the body of Christ. There are still many untapped business ideas, inventions to be invented. I believe that there are still good deals and opportunities to be made here on earth. But the question is, have we gotten discouraged? You know, when we think the sale's going great and also in the storms of life hit, oftentimes discouragement is what takes us out of encouragement. And we start thinking, well, why would God want to do that for me? But if you really believe that you're God's child, and you know that God loves you, what earthly father or mother would withhold their blessing from their children? God desires to lavish you with his grace. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 7, it makes it clear that he's going to lavish his grace on us for the rest of eternity. And he's going to show us, and I love what the uh, Amplified says, that he's going to show us the immeasurable and unsurpassed riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. If God was willing to give his only begotten son, Jesus, how much more is he willing to give you and I? We just have to make sure that we don't let discouragement become our theology. That we have to make a decision that we don't let our experience become what we believe. We still have to stand on God's word to believe that God and his word is final authority no matter what we experience in this natural world world here. Because the moment we get in discouragement, It knocks us out of the race. And that's why oftentimes throughout the scriptures, you can see that they had to encourage David. King David had to encourage himself in the Lord. There are times, many times that you and I have to make a decision to encourage ourselves in the Lord and say, God, I don't believe that the best days of my life are behind me, but I believe the best days of my life are still ahead of me. Because the latter days, according to your word, says that in your word that the latter days are going to be better than the former days. God's best days for yours and my life are still ahead of us. And that's why Deuteronomy 1.11 says that God desires to make you a thousand times greater than what you are and to bless you as he's promised you. God desires to lavish his grace on you for the rest of eternity, and it begins right now. That's how faith operates. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, we have to remember this is how the scriptures operate. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So that word now means right now. It doesn't mean tomorrow or someday when I get off this situation and when I get a job or whatever. God's not wanting us to look at our jobs as the source of income. God's not wanting Social Security to be your source of income. God doesn't want anything to become your idol. That becomes a sense of false security. What God wants to be in your life is the source of life and life more abundantly as Jesus came to give you and me. Until it overflows, as the Amplified reads in John 10.10. Listen, God has so many things for us to tap into that have not yet been tapped into. And we have to make a decision to say, God, I don't care what's going on in my life. It doesn't really matter. It's irrelevant. What's relevant is what your word says. And I believe truly that my best days are still ahead of me. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 22 reminds us that the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. Why does God want to transfer the wealth? Oh, I have a scripture. I didn't, put the, I didn't give the soundboard, the tech people this, but I've got one. I want to read this to you. This is really good. I've, I shared this with my wife last night. We roared over it. 
Uh, but it's in Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 24 through 26. Maybe we can get it up for next service. But in the message translation, this is what the scriptures say. The best you can do with your life is have a good time and get by the best you can. The way I see it, that's it, divine fate. Whether we feast or fast, it's up to God. God may give wisdom and knowledge and joy to his favorites, but sinners are assigned a life of hard labor and end up turning their wages over to God's favorites. Nothing but smoke and spitting into the wind. Isn't that great? So in other words, these people that are out there that are trying to store up all this wealth for themselves, and they're using their money to multiply more sin in their life. Guess what? They're working hard, but they're working hard for you. Because the day's coming, God's going to take that, and he's going to transfer it right into your hands. This is not a message for doubters and unbelievers. This is a message for believers. And I can tell you right now, in this congregation, we've already seen some of these things starting to happen. That wealth transfer is already starting to occur. The question is, are we going to believe that God can do the immeasurable, the unsurpassable, the unthinkable, the impossible, the uh, just the un- unbelievable because it really is believable in God's eyes. What God is wanting for his people is to believe and to leave room for him to do the exceedingly abundantly above all that you can even ask or think. This is in his heartbeat for you and I. God can take the dry places and make a river out of them. He can take the crooked ways and make them straight. What's impossible with man is possible with God Almighty. I I love what uh, a family that attends this church, one day Amy walked up to me. She was praying for them, and she had a just this word of knowledge that was rising up in, their, in her heart for them. And, and so she shared, she said, I just sense that God wants to pay off all your debt on your house. And that was really hard and, and just hard to even imagine that because there was so much debt that they just had a hard time imagining that happening. And she said, and I believe he wants to do it this year. Now that stretched that family. But do you know what? Nine months later, they received an inheritance that caused them to get completely out of debt. And not only that family, but we've had multiple families now share that what seemed unthinkable, unbelievable, become possible with God. Mortgages have been paid off. A family just recently came to us and said that they had over $10,000 in doctor bills. The hospital called them and said, we want to forgive you of all your debt. God is doing the impossible because with him, It's possible. The question is, what are we supposed to do right now? Just keep doing what you can do naturally. Keep doing what you know to do. Keep working. Keep doing what you can possibly do. But then don't put it in your own strength and your own ability. Don't rely upon what you're capable of doing. This is where you take the limits off of your thinking and say, God, I believe with you all things are possible. And I'm going to believe the impossible because with you it is possible. This is what God's wanting us to do in our part is to keep honoring him, keep doing what we know to do. The one thing that I find in common with all these families that have been sharing these different reports with us and testimonies of how God paid off this bill and paid off their mortgages and so on, the one thing that I find in common among all these family members, they're all faithful stewards in the house of the Lord here. They're faithful in honoring God. They're faithful with their tithes and offerings. They are faithful and consistent members of this congregation. The one thing I have in common, they honor God and God is honoring them. 
What God is looking for is just for us to focus on just honoring him. And as we honor him and do our part, God will honor us. And when God honors us, it's no small thing. I have a friend that's a minister of the gospel. and He shared with, uh, uh, I don't know, it was probably a few years back or so. But him and his wife had in his heart to buy a home, to renovate it and fix it up. And it was one of those houses that was kind of questionable, like, do we really want to buy this? I mean, it's a pretty big project to fix it all up. But they did it anyway. They bought this fix-up house. (laughs) And uh, after they bought it, a realtor came up to him and said, I heard that you just bought this house. And they said, yes. Well, I have a client that would like to buy it from you. And they would like to pay 25% more than what you purchased it for. And he kind of just shrugged it off. And he said, no, we're not interested. How about 50% more than what you bought it for. He laughed. He said, no, we're not interested in selling it. She changed her demeanor and said, okay, well, congratulations. You bought yourself a dream home. A dream home, he thought to himself, this is a wreck. It looks like it should be demolished. And he said, what do you mean a dream home? She went on to say, well, the county has decided that they're going to change the deed restriction this year. And that means you can sell half of your property and build another house on it. Sure enough, one year later, they sold half of their property for more than what they paid for the entire property, which was five times more than what he made as a pastor, which thrust him to a whole new level. Now, he is grateful for the income that he made, but what God is saying is that you're not limited to your income. When God is your source, God meets your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Not what you need but ultimately what you want. The Lord is your shepherd, I shall not want. The question is, are you thinking about what you want or are you thinking about what you need? Because if you're thinking about what you need and you're living off the basic needs in life, well, I just need this for me and my household, then you have not learned to become a world changer yet. When you begin to take the limits off of your thinking and start thinking about, well, this is what I want because this is what I can do then, Then you begin to live in the land of surplus. This is when you begin to become a distribution center for the kingdom of God. When you're thinking above and beyond yourself and thinking about what I can do for this world, God can take you and use you as a vessel of honor. Amy and I just went out for a date recently, and someone had given us a gift, a financial gift. And sometimes people will give us a gift and say, here, you know, this is for you and your family. Go on vacation, whatever you want. And then there's times where we've had gifts where someone just says here, the Lord just put it on our hearts to bless you. And so, you know, we take that and we tithe off of whatever the gift comes in. And uh, we didn't really have, they didn't say anything about what we should do with it. You know, they just said, here, just take it. And, you know, so in some cases like that, I always ask myself, is this for us? Is this for somebody else? Because I always want to be a vessel of honor. I want to make sure that I'm a distribution center. I want to make sure that God can use me because if I become selfish and I can hoard up and I can become like a, Uh, a pool like the Dead Sea. But I want to be rivers of life in my life. And so I remember just thanking him, tithing on it. And uh, I remember going out on a date just recently with Amy. And we're at a restaurant, and the waitress, we noticed she was a really hard worker. She was not only taking our order, but she was cooking the meal. She was waiting on other tables. She was cooking their meals. And she was taking, she was working the cash register as well. She was working in multiple positions. We thought, I've never seen a waitress work so hard. I mean, it's a little restaurant. It's delicious food. 
But she was working so hard, and we noticed that she had an accent, and I didn't want to disturb her because she was working so hard. But she, she had an accent. She sounded like she could have been from Russia. So when she came over to our table, we said, you know, we'd love to hear your story sometime. You sound like you have an accent, and uh, we're just, we'd love to hear your story sometime when you're not so busy. She said, oh, she lit up. Her eyes got real big, and within just a few minutes, she came back, and she just basically sat down with us and started sharing her story with us. She said she moved here from Russia, sure enough. And uh, she got married, and the husband that she married was a very uh, violent, abusive man. Uh, She made a wrong choice, got into this marriage. He was abusive. She tolerated it. But when he started abusing the children, she drew the line and said, that's enough. So after 16 years of abuse uh, in her life, when he started abusing the children, she said, that's enough. So for the last couple of years, she moved out on her own to try and make it on her own as a single woman, uh, raising these kids in her life. We thought, wow, that's really commendable that you made a quality choice to protect yourself and to protect your children. We, you know, congratulate you. That's, that's wonderful. And so when she brought us the bill, we thought, you know, Lord, what can we do for her? And we remembered the cash that we had been given. So we thought, oh, you know what? I would just love to bless her. And Amy is in total agreement. And she said, let's do it. So Amy gives her a tip. And this tip was 10 times of what our meal was. And so when she got the tip, she's like, oh, no, I couldn't take that. I couldn't take that. But let me tell you, we could. It felt so good because Jesus said it's better to give than it is to receive. And I enjoyed receiving, but don't get me wrong, it was even more enjoyable to give and to be a blessing and to know that we blessed that woman. And she also happened to know that we ended up being pastors. So it made a positive impression in her that we were Christians, whether she was a Christian or not. So we were able to be a blessing to a single woman in a situation, and it just absolutely blessed us. What God is looking for is not just for you to be blessed, but to be a blessing. And that's why Abraham, God spoke to Abraham and said, I'm going to bless you to be a blessing. Because he knows how much fun it is to give, doesn't he? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Don't get me wrong, I love what we do here at High Point Church. But I don't want you to go home and say, you know, that was, a, that was a really fun message. That was a great message. Or, you know, you read some of our products or something and say, that was a really good book. I don't want you to remember me that way. I want you to remember me as a pastor who gave. When I get around you, that I just can't help but just want to overtake you with my blessings. That when I'm around you, I want to show you kindness and do things that leave an impression in your heart. I want you to remember me for a pastor that he's a giving pastor, that he's a kind pastor, that he's a generous pastor, that if you get around me, you're going to get blessed somehow, some way. I want people to remember me the way God's remembered through Jesus Christ, that he gave. I want to be like Jesus. Amen? God's got these hidden treasures for you so you can be a blessing. There are still, like I said, good opportunities out there, good deals, inventions that have not have been invented yet, business ideas that God knows which ones are going to take off. He knows there's property and real estate that's going to be valuable. There's a family that attends a church uh, of a pastor friend of ours, and uh, this particular family uh, really wanted to live in the subdivision. It was down in uh, Texas. And uh, they wanted to live in a certain subdivision. They had the money to be able to buy a house in that subdivision. But when they got in there and toured the homes, they just didn't have peace about it. But there's a a piece of property that backed up to the subdivision, and they had peace about that one. Well, they just didn't reason themselves out of it. They ended up buying that house that was on that property that backed up to the subdivision. They followed peace. That one had a little bit more uh, room, space on their land. 
Well, six months later, a geologist, two geologists, actually came knocking on their door. And they said, we discovered that there's oil under this subdivision and under your property. And there's not enough room for us to put all of our equipment on one of those properties in the subdivision. There's not enough space. And so we're wondering if we could lease out your land and put our equipment on it. And here's what we'll do if you let us use your property. We'll not only give you commission on your property, but we'll give you commission on all 1,200 homes in the subdivision. Well, that took them and their family to a whole new level of living. Once again, all these families that we know about, that I'm telling you about, these people have been honoring God faithfully. They've been, you know, it looks like in a lot of times just ordinary people, normal people, not necessarily talented or even gifted. But God takes the ordinary and makes them extraordinary when they honor him. There is a man, and I'll close with this. There's a man, oh, a number of years ago that attends a church that we're friends with. Again, this one's down in Houston, Texas. And this particular man uh, was a faithful steward. Honored the Lord. He was just faithful, consistent in his church with his tithes and offerings. He was a blessing to the church, uh, served the church, volunteered in his church. But he was not any extraordinary type guy. He didn't have education. He wasn't talented. Uh, but one day, God gave him a dream. And it was of a farming plow. A piece of equipment that farmers could use, a plow for plowing in the fields. When he woke up that morning, he drew up that plow he went and had the idea patent, realizing that that plow had not been discovered or engineered yet. He had a patent, and then he went and had some engineers develop it. Well, that became known as the famous Klaus plow. That one situation, Henry Klaus, that one dream from God thrust him and his family to a whole new level, but also caused Lakewood Church to become a powerful, impacting ministry for the kingdom of God. One man became a steward in God's kingdom that helped today impact the nations for Jesus Christ. My question is, will you honor God in every area of your life? Because if you do, then you're subconscious. You're, you're not going to have guilt. You're not going to have shame. You're not going to have that conviction saying, you got to honor me. You're going to be like, wait a minute, I'm living my life for the Lord. I'm doing what I know to do. And if you're doing what you know to do and you're honoring God and that you're doing everything you know you possibly know to do and you've been taught and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, then God will take and honor you. But again, I'm going to close this up with this thought. I'm going to take it to the next level. Because there's times where it's important, yes, we honor God, but don't put it in performance love again, though. That's not what I'm asking you to do. God's not looking to give the high performers blessings. What he's looking for is people who will honor him, but also people who will know their covenant. In other words, God, as I've taught before, judge me in this situation not based upon what I deserve, but based upon what Jesus Christ deserves. This is where you take the limits off of your thinking and realize, wait a minute, it's never been based upon my performance. You've got to do what you know to do. You've got to keep honoring God and doing what he's asked you to do. But when it ultimately comes back down to it also, we need to make sure we don't get wrapped up into performance love because then we'll go back to what we deserve. And when we think about what we deserve, it's not anywhere near what Jesus Christ deserves. 
God, I'm asking that you would judge my life, this situation, this medical bill, this career, this situation, that you would judge it not based upon what I deserve, but what Jesus Christ deserves in all of his honor, in all of his glory, in all the favor that you've bestowed upon him. I'm asking you to judge it based upon what Jesus Christ deserves. Amen? First John chapter 4, verse 17, last scripture I'm sharing with you today. As the apostle John wrote, as Christ is in all of his glory, as he is in all of his glory, so are we in this world. In other words, Jesus has been crowned in favor. Jesus has been crowned in honor. He is highly esteemed. He is blessed beyond measure. As he is, so are you and I in this world. If you receive that, would you say amen? Would you please bow your head? Father, thank you so much for our time together today. Thank you for leading us, inspiring us, speaking to us today, and speaking through us as we go into the nations, Lord, blessed to be a blessing. Thank you for helping us to impact this world, to live a life of significance, not just success. Help us to be givers, not just takers, but yet help us to use our faith to receive and to give. Lord, we love you and appreciate you. Thank you so much for the explosive blessings that you have placed upon our life through Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask with every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment longer. You're here today and you're saying, Pastor, I know deep down in my heart, I'm not honoring God. I haven't been honoring him the way that I could or should. I've accepted Jesus, but I know that I'm not living for him the way that I could. Or maybe you've never even made the decision to accept Jesus Christ. On either one of those occasions, whether it's a first-time decision to accept Christ or you need to recommit your life to the Lord Jesus, knowing in your heart you're not where you could be or should be in your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. With every head bowed and every eye closed all over this auditorium, you're saying, Pastor, that's me. I need to accept Christ or I need to recommit my life to the Lord Jesus. Would you be bold enough? Would you be courageous enough? Would you be without fear and faith right now? To say, Pastor, that's me. Please pray for me. All over this auditorium, you're saying, Pastor, pray for me. Lift up your hands all over this room right now, acknowledging you want to accept Christ or recommit your life to the Lord Jesus. I appreciate your hands. Thank you so much. Thank you for your honesty, your courage. I know it takes courage to do that. You can put your hands down. Anyone else? I know it takes faith, not fear. Anybody can get into fear, but it takes a real man and a woman to get into faith to believe God. Okay, we're going to do this. We're going to pray with all of our... Brothers and sisters right now, as they call on the name of the Lord, Romans 10, 13 says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Those that are watching online, we want to encourage you to pray this prayer with us. Would you please pray with me? Heavenly Father, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, come into my heart. I accept you as my Lord, my Savior, and my best friend. Thank you for dying on the cross for all of my sins. I commit my life to you now and forever in Jesus name say this with me Jesus take my life and do something with it take this ordinary person and make me extraordinary for your glory and for your honor in Jesus name amen